0: Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and you can sign up for our monthly
1: e-news. For behind the scenes videos and two minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can also find us every Monday morning from 6
0: to 6.30 at bff.fm.
1: If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. So today we're starting something new. It's called Flashback Friday. We're doing this because we have a ton of content for our new listeners and maybe old listeners that haven't heard them.
1: And we're kicking it off with a bang, one of our favorite interviews. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing Barry Jenkins in 2016, who is the writer-director of Moonlight. This was long before he won the Academy Award for it. We chose this episode for obvious reasons. We just talked about him in episode 470. So I hope you enjoy it, and we hope to have him on the show again soon.
0: Hey, Bitch Talkers, we got another special episode for you. Uh, this one's uh, number 141, and it is with Barry Jenkins, who is the director of Moonlight. Yay. And I couldn't be there for this interview, and I threw Ange into it because we could not miss this interview because this film has some legs on it for the awards season. So,
1: Ange. And I had to talk to him. I, well, yeah, it's like an honor to talk to him. Uh, I think if it was anyone else, you'd be like, "I don't get it." No, I was down, but I was like, "Yeah, no, I have to do it with yeah. or without you." I was nervous, but I didn't. I don't. I don't like doing it alone. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes
0: doing it alone. Some do. And.
1: Some do. <laughs> Depends. Anyways, Anyways. do you have any little teasers (laughs) for our audience? Oh, well, yeah. So, okay, so it was uh, being held at the Ritz here in San Francisco. So I show up and, um, you know, our interview gets cut down. It was supposed to be a little longer. It gets cut down, which was fine. But already I was a little nervous, you know, like I was like, oh, I can't fuck this up. Like I was. No, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, you know, because I was standing in for you and it's your podcast. You know, I didn't want to fuck up. (sighs) So anyway, uh, so I I trust anyone else. So I walk in there and already I'm nervous. And the way that the suites at the Ritz are set up is that so there's uh, one big couch Mm -hmm. and then two small ones on either end. Mm -hmm. And Barry was on the big couch and Char was on one of the small ones. So I guess the average person (laughs) would assume, oh, I should go to the empty small couch on the other side. But. No, not me. <laughs> did you just climb over Char? No, I did. Or didn't. the table I climbed and just over him. Oh, <laughs> actually,
2: do you, yeah. do you
0: have to? You have a little input, Shar, since you were no, there.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, you <laughs> okay. know, it's so funny. It's like it's all. It was almost like um, what's it, the hug? You know, with, oh, the, with uh, <laughs> Jonathan Gold. Know, I'm not ashamed of that hug. I, it was. Uh... <laughs> Like I put the I actually had the microphones on the coffee table. (laughs) One was in front of the small chair because that's where because you know the signage is in between the two chairs. Yes,
0: yes. So they there's a shot there. So there's a
2: shot of the of the the shot of the two of them with the with the picture in the middle, right? Yes. And then I'm there with on the other end controlling the board, right? And then uh, and then the, the mics are like literally in front of the where they're gonna sit on the couch. And then she grabs her mic and she goes, "Is this mine?" And I go, "Yes." And then and she climbs over Barry
1: Like I climbed over his legs and I, I, saw, I saw pillows. I want to sit. The other chair didn't have pillows, and I was like, "She you wanted know, to be comfortable." And I, you know, just trying to. Get com- and I didn't think it was weird. To me, that was just I wasn't thinking. Okay, where's where are they going to take the shot? I was already nervous. You know, I was being rushed. I was standing in for you, so I was nervous. And I was like, and I saw Barry's pillows. Like, oh.
2: Pillows. <laughs> (laughs) Somebody's, nobody's nobody's wanted to sit on the chair with me before.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, you're the first person who decided to sit next to me. And I was like, fuck. Already, it's already happening. But then it was too late. I couldn't get up and move at that point. I was like, well, this is where I'm sitting, whether you like it or not. And um, so that was awesome.
2: (laughs) But it was just, it was very, uh, it was very Angela.
0: (laughs) Well, the best is that, you know... This is my day job, but I don't handle this client. And so my colleague, Marilyn, who I love, shout out to Marilyn Ortiz holding it down at Allied, uh, was texting me about and because I'm like hey how's it, how's it going oh and so God. she texted me a picture of first of you sitting there <laughs> on the couch and she's like yeah she gave me the whole blow-by-blow so I thought it was hilarious yeah so <laughs> I
1: end, it was happening no sure so when the interview was over I texted Lim- and I was like all right you know what I think it went all right it's all good and I was like and then she called me and I was like I sat next to him and she already knew the entire story
2: <laughs> that's was like, what oh the is that fuck, what she was dude? doing well you know uh Karen and Marilyn who run things when we do these when we've done these last couple of junkets yeah they're both so awesome uh, shout out they're always on their they're always on their like they're taking care of business on their phone because there's a lot of coordinating to do (laughs) Right. right yes and so you don't mind them you know just kind of like being in stealth in, right and like and during these interviews they're just kind of monitoring it and like they so they're, they're kind of out of the way and they sit like she's like sitting at the desk uh, um, across the room yeah just kind of keeping an ear open but you know that she's busy because she's on her phone so that whole time she's on the phone she's see, giving you
1: a play by I'm getting the play by the play guys Next thing. all right you know Marilyn we gotta talk Next time I might see you you know I was gonna tell her myself I was gonna break the news well because Marilyn was like are you sure you
0: guys can't do this are you sure you guys can't do this interview are you sure you can't do this interview like the week before and i'm like dude because she knew we it's a whole thing i was busy and i'm like i'm not gonna make Ange do this if she doesn't want to do it like i get it it's not her podcast she's a guest co-host and um, <laughs> and so I'm not
1: gonna make someone do it if it, it's not her podcast. No, but As soon as you brought it up, I was like, Yeah, I would love to because I love the movie. All and right. uh, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that yes. inspire you and that right. you want to emulate. So right. it was an honor. Any but anyway, yeah. So I from the start was already like you already a climbed over idiot, him, yeah. A and then idiot. what didn't you mention the name? And then yeah. So because it was uh, because it was such a rush, you know, I didn't really have any time to like talk to him. He actually had to go like get fruit and use the restroom. like So I didn't really have any time to talk to him. And I just assume they have a rundown of like, okay, first you're going to be they on this do. show and that show mm-hmm. and this show. So I didn't really tell him like, you know, it's, it's called bitch talk. It's super chill, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have time for that rundown. So I'm giving an intro and I'm already nervous. You know, I'm like sitting next to him. And, you know, I'm already nervous. And I say bitch talk and I'm like talking and his eyes just bulge. And I'm like, I feel it. I wasn't even <laughs> looking at him at the time. I was kind of just like in my head. And I was like, yes? <laughs> what, what did I say? And he's like, it's called bitch talk. And he freaks out. He thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, okay. Not yeah. in a negative way. No, no, not. In, he was just totally intrigued. Because, you know, I mean, I would imagine being on these junkets is just like, you know, some of them are entertaining, but it's kind of like the same shit the over same, and over yeah, again. Yeah. And yes, you never like stumble upon something called bitch talk. You right. know what I mean? It's like, Whatever. So, it, did it, we
2: catch that on? Is it in the interview? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, lady. Yeah, yeah. I was like, she, what's what's wrong? Angela, Angela
2: basically is like, I I can't I don't know it verbatim, but it's pretty much she's like, what's up, bitch talkers? And then all of a sudden she's like, what? Yeah. Like, why are you looking at me? What happened? And he's like, like, it's did called I fuck bitch up
0: talk again.
1: Like, oh. I don't know. Did she's I? She's already
0: climbed out? over him and sitting on the couch with him, and yeah, now he doesn't exactly. know who he's talking to. My feet are on his
1: lap. I thought we were good to go. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, so, so that was funny. He thought it was hilarious. All right. And then that kind of threw me off because I was like, oh, should I talk about that? And right. I was like, no, but I have short amount of time and he I have was, all these questions. So. They were
2: rushed because they had to be out of there. They had to be done with all the interviews by, like, Twelve fifteen or something like that. Oh. That's why we all got kind of squashed. Yeah, right, we right, right. got but, like
1: a third of our interview cut. And, um, so, but that that was fine. I mean, it was good. It was a... Uh,
2: and so he's like, the food got delivered and so he's like eating in between right, while right. setting up and then, you know, like he's like, just like making sure that he's trying to be as efficient as possible. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, I did hear Marilyn like when Angela was coming in when he was like, Okay, this is Angela. She's with bitch talk. right, right, he, right. she she he well, actually she did say she that. She actually I did that, but that. I'm sure he's running around thinking I want he's probably hungry. Or whatever. I, or, and yeah. so he yeah. I, I guess it just kinda went over his head.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was hilarious. He like I felt his eyes bulge. <laughs> it was hilarious
2: Or maybe like, I, my thing was at first my reaction was is he, is he weirded out that he's a dude on a show called Bitch talk <laughs> without any explanation? I think
1: the 10 minutes could have been spent on what Bitch Talk was about. Yeah, he was totally intrigued. Good. Um, maybe
0: he'll listen to this interview and come back during Academy season so we have like 30 minutes with him because I have more questions. Come right, on, sorry. exactly.
1: I have more questions, too. I mean, to be honest. Barry, come back. Um, he, but, but he was so smart and interesting and... Uh, it was just so easy to talk to him, so down-to-earth. And, um, yeah, I, I want you guys to listen. And at the end of the interview, he, uh, he kind of calls out bitch talk uh, and asks if we use a phrase in the show oh. that – to my knowledge, we have not. So uh, listen, to the sh- listen to the episode, and I feel like, Lim, from here on out, you got to use this phrase it's at least new, once in every episode. Probably. It's so a new hashtag, probably. It's a new hashtag. I'm kind of embarrassed that we've never used okay, it. Okay, well. We'll talk about it at another time. Well,
0: and before we, we jump into Barry's interview, hopefully he'll be back again. Push, 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 not judge. Uh, I do need to give a shout-out to my friend who's headlining at Cobb's Comedy Club this weekend in North Beach uh, in San Francisco. His name is Patrick O'Sullivan, and uh, he has recurring... Re- roles on dr ken he's in the new youtube red movie the thinning and he also is the former scoreboard operator of the giants and the san francisco 49ers that's how we met so he's got a lot of ties to the bay area if you can go you know represent the bay and support the bay go see him he's hilarious and um, without further ado here's barry jenkins (laughs)
1: Hey, Bitch Talkers, this is Angela coming to you live from the Ritz-Carlton, and we have something really special for your ear holes today. We have Mr.
3: <laughs> wait, wait, we're on a show called Bitch Talk?
1: Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I
3: didn't realize I that. I didn't
1: give you the precursor. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> is that why you looked at me that way? I was yeah. thinking I do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Yes, welcome. You as well. <laughs> we are with Barry Jenkins, who is the writer and director of the upcoming film, Moonlight. And first of all, I just have to thank you. This is a hauntingly beautiful film, and I'm still moved by it. I saw it a few weeks ago. So, first of all, thank you. It is an incredible movie. Um, And I learned that it was originally written as a play, Mm -hmm. right, by Mr. Terrell McCraney.
3: Mr. Terrell McCraney. The
1: one and only. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you how you got your hands on the play initially and what motivated you to turn it into a film.
3: Yeah, uh, this group called the Borscht Film Festival, uh, which is based in Miami. Uh, They were mutual friends of mine and Terrell, these guys, Lucas Leiva and Andrew Havia. Um, And Andrew actually is one of the co-producers on the film, but they read uh, the piece. And it's funny, at that point, Terrell and I didn't know each other, um, but these guys knew enough about both our life stories that when they read it, they thought of me immediately. And and when it came to me, uh, the story was, you know, this isn't about you, uh, but it's about you. And when I read Mm. it, um, I saw exactly what they meant.
1: Wow. Wow. And so you read it and did you reach out to him and you were like, I have to do this? Was he searching for this to become a film?
3: No, no. You know, he wasn't searching for it to become a film. You know, it was more that he, he knew he wasn't done with it and there was something else that was that was to be done. And like I said, you know, these guys at the Borscht Film Festival, um, the Borscht Film Collective, uh, they thought of uh, they thought of me. You know, just because Terrell and I grew up blocked from one another, both our moms went through this addiction to crack cocaine. And so, and when I first read it, I, I honestly, I, I, I liked it. I thought there was something very potent about it, but it didn't register at first, you know. And mm-hmm. so it sat with me for a few months and then uh, I came back to it. And then at that point, it like really, really struck me.
1: Wow. And and how how did he feel about it? Was he really protective of it? And was he, you know, this is a, a very personal, this is his story.
3: You, you know, it, it wasn't actually, you know, I think, uh, you know, I described the process of being therapeutic um, a, and I also described myself as hiding behind Terrell in order to talk yeah. about some of these more personal aspects uh, of my own biography. And I think it goes both ways. I think in releasing uh, the piece to me, uh, I think Terrell allowed himself the space. You know to 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 let it get out into the world in a way uh, without him controlling it you know right. um, and so I think in a in this sort of a roundabout way we were both doing each other a favor, you know?
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that process like for you to turn it into a film? Was it, was it easy for you to write because it was so personal? Was it hard you, to,
3: you know, it, it's, I wouldn't describe it as easy, but it was fast. You know, the, the once, cause at first I was giving Terrell, you know, I wanted Terrell to, to write the, the screenplay. You know, I wanted him to adapt it himself, you know, with notes for me, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because I wanted to preserve uh, his voice. Um, but he became a MacArthur genius and so he didn't have time, uh, to do it. And so, but we had had so many conversations at that point that he knew what it was I was going to do. And so he gave me his blessing and uh, it only took 10 days to write the first draft and it was because, well, it was because there was so, such potency in the source material. Uh, and then B, I just, I knew these characters. I knew this place, you know, I, I knew Sharon, I knew his mom, um, and so it was a different kind of writing process where, you know, it was part craft, you know, but it was mm-hmm. also just like memory, you know, in, in these dreams.
1: Right. Wow. And, and that totally comes across. I mean, so, th- so the story is told in three chapters mm-hmm. um, ch- from childhood, adolescent into young adulthood. And it does come across that way, like sort of like a dream, like, like these are sort of like flashbacks of, of memories of these very integral moments in, in this kid's life. And, um, that that totally speaks out through the cinematography as well. I mean, it, at some points it feels like a documentary. It feels so real and so intimate.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and then at some points it doesn't. You know, and, and our whole idea was to give ourselves the latitude to decide when it when it needs to feel that way, when it needs to have this this extreme fidelity to reality. You know, right. And when it also needed to be not necessarily heightened, but when the character is going to dictate based on how he's feeling you know when we need to go out of reality you know and create the sort of visual imagery that that communicates these things that you can only communicate in cinema you know
1: right well were there some moments in filming because it was so personal to you that you're like whoa this is this is real it's it's hitting me
3: yeah pretty much everything that we did with uh, Naomi Harris who plays Paula the mom character wow. yeah. you know all that stuff was you know I'm a very I'm a very sort of you know, filmmaking, there's all this machinery around, you know there's all these lights, and you know the camera's huge, there's all these mm. people. And so I can be very almost like uh, like a craftsman approach to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know I try to keep myself cool, calm, collected, you know you know we're gonna film a love scene the same way we film somebody putting a pot on a stove. Um, but, you know, when this woman is there basically embodying your mom and, and oh, wow. like performing these very dark things you guys went through, that kind of goes out the window.
1: It's hard to separate. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it it, it became. And, and, and we did all that work in such a short period of time that it was just like this very visceral, like uh, emotional sort of roller coaster.
1: And speaking of the performances, I mean, the casting process must have been really... Intense as well, because you're not only looking for great actors, you're looking for the people that are going to embody the same character in three different parts of their life. So how was that?
3: Yeah, you know, we tried to be really thorough and, and cast a wide net. You know, we welcomed all comers. You know, and that's why, you know, most of the actors who play the main character, all three of them, they don't have a ton of experience. You know, mm-hmm. this is like the, the first big thing for all three of them. You know, for Alex, the kid who plays Little, it's the first thing, wow. um, at all. Um, but you're right, we were looking for this feeling, you know, within each of these three men, you know, where you could sort of see a different person, but you could feel the same character. You could feel that little boy and that teenager when you see this guy that was all rocked up in the third story.
1: That That's exactly what it is. And it came across so well because I feel like they do so much with so little. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the dialogue, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of feeling in eyes and
3: eyes. Well, Whereas, weird, from, from, the, from the main character, there's not a lot of dialogue. Everybody else around him is talking and sort of telling him, you know, do this or do mm-hmm. that, feel this. Putting feel him that. in a
0: box. Yeah. Exactly,
3: exactly. Yeah. Um, and then it's why, you know, whenever he speaks, I feel like we earn the impact right. um, of those words. But when we were casting, we knew we had to find these actors who could emote without speaking you know yeah. and that was what the task was
1: well there's so many scenes that are that that still haunt me i mean and i took it with me and i'm sorry no 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 in a beautiful way and i feel like i've been waiting to for a film like this there, this doesn't come out often a film that makes you feel and it comes from such a raw like Beautiful. I feel like beautifully painful place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, because this is such a specific story about you know impoverished African American boy growing up, mm-hmm. gay, you know, trying to figure out his feelings. It's a very specific story, but it reaches out to anyone, anyone who's ever felt that that yearning.
3: Yeah, I, I think because we, we all feel like, you know, we're from a very particular place, we grew up in a very particular way, and we think no one else knows what it's like to grow up in this very particular place in this very this very particular way, but then you see someone else's particular story and you go, oh.
1: You're so connected to it. Exactly. Yeah, and,
3: and, and and I've had 65-year-old, like, I mean, talk about, like, like upper-middle class, <laughs> like, just all the whole gamut. Yeah. You know, I've had young people, old people, like, straight people, gay just all kinds of people see this film um, and they all come back with this, just this very visceral reaction. It's like, that's not me, but I saw myself, you know, in that kid's struggle. And I think as a filmmaker, you know, any kind of storyteller, that's all you can ask for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we left, I mean, there's this one scene, the, the song, hello, Hello Again by Barbara Lewis Mm -hmm. immediately following the film my friend and I had to go to a bar and play it on repeat and talk (laughs) about how we were feeling I mean I'm telling you it was incredible I I I was that kid I became you know I was in that place and it brought me back so thank you so much this is such a beautiful film everybody needs to go see it I mean it, it's so rare like I said that a film hits you mm-hmm. in such a powerful way mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait to see what you do next and um, thank you so much you're so talented
3: so th- um, thank you much appreciated it's uh, an honor yeah so so I have one question for you do you ever say like bitch please on the show oh, <laughs> bitch please <laughs> uh, I, I just feel like that you gotta throw it in there somewhere
1: this is my no you know I'm and I don't normally run the show Aaron Lim shout out to no it's her it's her podcast i'm okay. just you know guest co-host every now and then but thank you for bringing it bitch please
3: <laughs> there you go bitch
1: please give us more films barry jenkins <laughs> all right it's all official right. there you go <laughs> thank you
0: so that was barry jenkins director of moonlight uh which i think has a lot of legs to get into academy season and please 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 go support this film it opens october 28th in the bay area and, um, what was that phrase that pays? Bitch,
1: please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll start using that. And just to remind you, uh, my friend Patrick O'Sullivan will be headlining Cobb's Comedy Club this Sunday, 7 p.m. So go buy tickets, support local comedy and local comics, and uh, we'll see you on the nu- next, oh, God. On the nuts? Three, <laughs> oh, three, two, one. We'll see you on the next bitch. Oh, my God. Bitch, please.
1: <laughs> Get your yeah. shit together.